This is the Bride Chilla Podcast. It used to be called the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Same host, better jokes, new name. Enjoy the show. It's so lovely speaking to fellow bride chillers and people that I connect with on so many levels. And this guest today, when I was uh, sent a copy of her book, I'm like, well, book this gal, book her in right now because she's speaking my language. She's visualizing my language. Ooh, what is she saying? What is she talking about? Today's guest is the wonderful, well, I'm going to say, are you a graphic artist? Are you a novelist? Who are you, Lucy? (laughs) Uh, Cartoonist, (laughs) comic book artist, graphic novelist. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. I draw pictures and tell stories. I love it. Lucy Nisley, thank you so much for coming on the show. I promise uh, I'm more professional than what I just put myself out there, but I like to include (laughs) guests straight away. Why do a big, long, wanky introduction when we can just get to the point? Yeah, right on. (laughs) Oh, look, so many questions. I want you to tell your story. Now, I know your whole book is telling the story of your relationship. It's saying how you got to be, you know, where you got to be, the wedding. Something new is the title of your book, Something New Tales from a Makeshift Bride. Your relationship beginnings, it's a beautiful story. I don't want you to give away too much. Maybe you do. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Uh, It's, you know, it's just a small part of the book. It's fine. I can talk about it. (laughs) Let's talk about it because I love unconventional beginnings and I suppose your relationship started sort of conventionally and then you had a bit of a twist. You tell the story. I don't want to tell your own story. Sure. How did it all go? Um, Well, all right, let's see. We, in the, you know, typical style of the modern age, uh, we met online. I was in art school and I I was in class with artists and knew enough not to date them very wisely at age 20. And... um, so we met online, we started dating, and uh, he traveled for work, which was perfect because uh, we're both kind of workaholics, and I could focus on my classwork, and he could work on you know his uh, sort of computer studies and his computer work, and then we would just hang out on the weekends, uh, which is great. And I hear these stories now about online dating and how it goes from zero to 60, and people are like living with each other after two weeks of knowing each other. And that would make Guilty. me crazy. That would, I would murder the person in my life. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm very impressed with people that can manage that. But uh, but yeah, it took us like a long time to sort of build up momentum, and uh, sort of we were like you know frogs in a pot. By the time we'd been dating for five years, and we had this fundamental incompatibility where he didn't want to have children, and I did, we were sort of screwed at that point. <laughs> That's an interesting point, and I love how open and honest you are in the book about it because actually I think that discussion is something a lot of people are scared to have because of the conflicting views, and it's really weird until you have that discussion to go, oh, okay, you think, oh, all right, well, I want this and you want that. How do you come to a resolve? It's it's hard. Yeah, it's crazy, especially in your 20s when you're like, I don't have to worry about this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm in. I'm 35, and I'm still in that mind of going. My eggs are fine, aren't they? They're not too cooked, are they? Oh, oh no, God. they're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Keep telling myself that just quietly. I do love that you're now husband, uh, well, and that gives away a bit of the end of the story. Obviously, you've written a wedding planning book, so we think we know the end of the story. But the fact that he was very logical about he's not wanting children. I like that he had spreadsheets. He knew about the population data. He did all that stuff. I mean. <laughs> That's sort of sexy. You know, I, I'm married to a super nerd, so I mean, I, it's sort of sexy in a way, but it's also like, oh, come on, robot, get some feelings. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
It's interesting, too, because his, his parents are so joyful about their children. But, like, you know, it's so funny to me that he's kind of like, oh, kids would destroy your happiness at one point. <laughs> and I'm like, your parents seem to be just fine with it. Yeah. Isn't that funny the way, I mean, because, look, I'm a fellow only child. I wrote a whole our stand-up comedy show about the joy of even just having one kid and embracing that. So I find I connected with your part of the story as well to go, I think I feel in the future I'd be happy with one child and I don't think I need 20 kids. Well, 20 is a lot, actually, technically, probably (laughs) impossible. But, you know, it's this idea to say, I think one kid would be pretty fun. Yeah. We do all right. So uh, you had conflictions and that caused a breakup, which is quite dramatic, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's dramatic as to kind of pretty practical people can have a breakup. We, we sort of like picked an end date and he was planning to go back to grad school. And, uh, and so that was like the logical point of splitting, you know, worked on my career and focused on art and dated around. We both dated around. And uh, over the course of those three years, he sort of came to the conclusion that he eventually did want to have kids and that he sort of was bored with a lot of the other people he was dating. And um, if he wanted to have kids and he still liked me more than anyone else that he had been dating, why was he not just sort of with me at that point? And uh, and that was already what I had decided. So, um, so it just took him three years of you just sort of hanging around together but not fully going out and him then going, oh, hang on a second, Lucy's the gal right. for me. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I I hate to say that because I don't, I would never want to tell anyone like, oh, men just need time. They just need to like grow up. (laughs) No, come on. He has a perfectly logical opinion about this, but he did in fact change his mind and sort of come to some adult conclusions and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's very nicely worked out for me, but I'm, I think that we're kind of the anomaly in this situation. I think that when people have uh, formed an opinion about this, uh, generally it takes a lot longer to change it if it's going to change. And I think he was lucky that when you you reunited that you hadn't gone off and married someone else and had a baby. I mean, he's lucked out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that really worked out as well. Um, I'm not a very comfortable romantic person. Like the early intimacy of romance, like I told you it took, you know, two years or something for my husband and I to be comfortable dating each other. Uh, I, you know, people <laughs> try to come into my house after three days and I'm like, no, you're no, no. <laughs> so I, I did not do well dating. And, uh, and I think that <laughs> that was very lucky for my husband because I, I could have, I could have been much better at it. <laughs> you're very eligible. Um, and, and so and, and what I love about this story is that he basically came back and then went, let's get hitched. Like he didn't just go, let's move back in together. Let's just work on things. He's like, fuck this. Let's go for it. I'm ready for commitment. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so funny because he's not he's not a traditional romantic, of course, and neither am I. And, uh, you know, he was just sort of like. I think we're past this. I think that we, you know, we were together for five years. We've lived together. We know we're compatible. We we spent the last three years sort of staying in love with each other, even though we we're living in different states. Like, it seems like the next step is to just make it official kind of thing. And how did you go from being in that mindset of, and, you know, it's really uh, the way, and it's I think graphic novels are such a lovely way to connect on so many other levels because, you know, you get, you, I get sucked in, you know, to the, well, the artistry of what you do is, is pretty, oh, I was going to say gorgeous. It's the wrong word. It's so beautiful to look at. And then you <laughs> sort of go on a journey that's even another level from just reading a story. But 
I, I was sort of like, I know the ending to this story, but I was really sucked into this, this sort of love story, but also the idea of you going, oh, hang on, now I'm getting hitched. I hadn't even really thought this was going to happen. What the hell? Whoa, what am I doing? It must have been a big shift for you emotion-wise, brain-wise to connect that and go, all right, so now I'm going to plan a wedding. We didn't have a boyfriend last week, right. but now we're getting married. Yeah, yeah, and that was where the sort of concept for this book came about because uh, even when I was together with my future husband, I'd never contemplated marriage. We'd never sort of been at that point. And suddenly I had to think of myself as a bride, having never really seriously considered it before. Uh, even as a little girl, I was not, you know, imagining my future wedding. I was playing Star Wars with my friends. <laughs> Me and- too. <laughs> <laughs> right, which which could have actually lent itself well to wedding planning. But um, <laughs> at the same time, it was just this, this total disconnect where I had to see myself as a bride. So many of um, so many of my listeners, Lucy, are in exactly the same position that you were in. And that's, oh, what, that's what I think is so great about your story is that I get so many listeners writing to me and saying, I never dreamt of a wedding. I've been sort of, and I say put in this position, that's not very romantic, but <laughs> to say, I've been put in this position of like getting hitched. I found this awesome guy or gal and we want to get hitched, but I don't really dream of all that shit. So it, it was sort of great. And I can I just say, I mean, plugs ahoy. This is such a great book for anyone that's sort of going, I don't know if wedding's necessarily what I want to do, or I want to make a wedding that's not it's not surrounding all the bullshit that's attached to weddings. This is a perfect read. That's exactly what I wanted to make. (laughs) Good. Well, you did it. So it worked. (laughs) When you first started planning your wedding, what, what were the first sort of feelings that you had besides, Oh God, I'm getting married. Where did it all begin? (laughs) It's your story. There's highs and lows in your story as most wedding planning stories, but they're quite dramatic. I mean, it's very good that you've been able to put it in book form. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, it was, it was came as a total surprise to me the amount of marketing and and sort of the the wedding blogosphere and the wedding marketing schemes and all of the responsibilities of a bride that all of a sudden I was expected to care about. Like I didn't care about any of this stuff. And the fact that a daytime television show was telling me to care about it was not gonna change my mind. <laughs> no. It's not a good it's not a good way to make people believe something is the view saying you need to care about dresses. It was everywhere. And I I found that everybody was just trying to scare me into buying something. Mm. That all of these marketing schemes everywhere were disguised as wedding advice and wedding research and were really just trying to get me to lose weight or buy an expensive wedding dress or expect that my husband is going to buy me some expensive ring. <laughs> and uh, it really made no sense to me. None of this made any sense why any of these decisions were were even makeable in this situation. So uh, I looked to things like history and cultural traditions to try to understand why we do the things we do associated with weddings so that I could make an informed decision about either telling people to go fuck themselves if they wanted me to <laughs> do like a garter toss. Um, oh, or... That's my noise for garter <laughs> toss. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> It's so creepy, too. Like, if you take two minutes to just Google, like, where does garter garter tossing come from? Yeah, I don't understand garter tossing either. And you're right. If you do look into the origins of it, it's creepy. And also just seeing, I don't know, and this is like me just going, I don't want to see some guy's head up a woman's dress. It's fucking weird. (laughs) They're not fun. It's creepy. Your whole family's there. Just do it later. Yeah. Yeah, it's... (laughs) 
I mean, I just, what, what I came to is that weddings are really about everybody involved and, and, and so much of the family and friends and celebration of this couple are, it's, it's public and it has nothing to do with the private aspect of this relationship. So why would you have this like weird sexual, <laughs> like, <laughs> performance piece. It's so gross. And it's so, so weird. gross. You were so right. You've just summed it up. I think it's like we don't want people thinking about us fucking later. We all know we're going to do it. Or potentially not. I mean, <laughs> wedding night sex is a whole other topic that I'm morbidly fascinated with. I just want to say. <laughs> you mentioned something that really interests me, and it's something I don't think uh, many people have picked up on. Especially, I mean, look, wedding press don't really want you to talk about this because it's not in their best interest. But you mentioned. Um, in, when as soon as you clicked I'm engaged on Facebook, you looked up something on Facebook that you suddenly got served with a lot of ads that were wedding related, but your fiance got none. And I think that is yeah. really interesting. It is. It is really interesting in terms of how many industries market exclusively to men, but that women are this like cash cow <laughs> associated with weddings. And, you know, we're we're sort of expected to want these expensive items. And it just makes me crazy. It makes me totally insane. It like it's the very definition of the like feminist bu- anti-feminist bullshit associated with this industry that makes me grossed out by a lot of weddings. I agree, and I think we really struggle. I think a lot of people, and it's been really great hearing feedback from my listeners who I think are in the same sort of mindset as us, which is sort of nice. But also from people sort of saying, you know, just to bounce back with what you said about traditions and not questioning where this stuff comes from, and then you know, hooking into the background of it all and going, oh, I don't want that at all. I had no idea. So I think it's it's really more about informing yourself and then realizing that. As feminists, you can still get hitched and have a great time, but maybe just to question some of the bullshit surrounding the marketing and uh, the grossness of some of it. Grossness is probably a bit harsh, but you know what I mean. It's pu- it's pushy <laughs> yeah, and not very sexy when you come down to it. All. It's not. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm almost nine months pregnant right now, and the analytics are similarly skewed in, in this situation. Uh, and it's it's so funny because it's, it's like this um, this fear tactic that people work on on brides or on new parents, and at least with uh, with the baby stuff, like we started getting mailers for baby stuff immediately, immediately. Like we hadn't told our family that we were pregnant what? yet, <laughs> <laughs> and we were already getting. And the analytics are really good. Uh, my husband's actually looked into this because he's he works for a startup company, so he's like he's curious about these marketing techniques that people use and, and companies like target and stuff. Uh, they, they'll like monitor your purchases and your, you know, your internet searches and, and start marketing to you immediately. And I know it's, it's terrifying the way that this happens now. And I think in the wedding industry, it's particularly, uh, obnoxious because so many people don't know what they're doing at all like myself and uh and are are searching for some kind of oracle to tell them how to be a bride oh and that's me what that's me by the way <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> what an asshole i i mean but you know i sorry continue and, and, please yeah please. <laughs> well thank god thank god for people like you thank for you. um for people who have like a level head and who are trying to genuinely help people and not just market off of people's fears and insecurities and and try and get them to pay more money to make the problem go away well and i think it's also just people what annoys me is people selling a lot of tat 
I just think people have become yeah. obsessed with gifting for every frigging occasion where you're just like, there doesn't need to be a gift. It's the fourth dinner before your wedding gift. And you're like, listen, <laughs> stop that. No one needs that special tea cozy or whatever the hell they're trying to sell you. Right? I just find it I mean, people used to get married when they were like 17 and they had no belongings. That was where the (laughs) idea of wedding presents came from. But now people are in their 30s and nobody, like nobody needs plates anymore. We've had plates for 10 years. Stop giving us plates. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny, I you know, a lot of my feedback that the questions, because I do a Q&A episode every Thursday and sort of Friday as well, and a lot of the questions come from bride chillers uh, sort of writing in and saying, or leaving voicemail saying, my parents and my parents' friends just don't understand this concept of not having a, a bridal shower or not doing this. I don't want to have any of that. Not shit. doing a registry. Exactly. Right. Or them just going, look, we're trying to build a house. We just want, we just give us 50 bucks to put it on our mortgage or something, which I know a lot of right. people are uncomfortable with, but you go, surely down the track, wouldn't that be nicer? Or buy a piece of art. I'm always a big fan of saying when people write and say, I we don't need anything. And I say, well, why don't you go and buy something, an amazing piece of art and ask people to put 50 bucks on that. And then every time you look at the wall, you've got your wedding art and it's an investment. Yeah. It's an creative oh, yeah. investment. So I, yeah, I agree with you. We seem to be feeling pressured to consume, consume, consume when we should be consuming a hell of a lot less. Right, exactly. That was a rant then, Lucy. I just went on a rant. I'm so sorry. Fair enough. That's a good rant. Thank you. I can't believe how many, like, you know, we we we, we sort of felt pressure to register. And then, uh, you know, we we couldn't, we were like racking our brains to find things to register for. And neither of us like a lot of stuff. And so we registered for things like food and dinners out and stuff like that. And that was great. But a lot of people were like, where are the giant crystal bowls that I can buy you for your wedding? Oh, that I can go and throw up in. I mean, who gives a shit about a crystal bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever used, if you can write to me, right, and give me a reason why you need a crystal bowl, I'll give you a tote bag for free. And now I'm going to get a little crystal bowl. You know, that's straight away. People want the tote bag. Lucy, the book. <laughs> When did you decide, because let's talk about, we haven't talked anything about all your, I was going to say your past career. I mean, your career before the wedding book, because you've done some amazing stuff. Can you oh, talk, thank you. Oh, it, well, it's, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. I sound like your mother. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. Tell, can, you, can you enlighten my lovely listeners a little bit about what you've done and then how you decided to sit down and write slash uh, create slash illustrate this beautiful book? Sure. Um, So I've done a number of books in the past. My uh, first book was called French Milk, which was a travelogue about going to Paris with my mother when she was turning 50 and I was graduating from art school. So we were both at these kind of crossroad points in our lives. Um, And I really love, I really sort of fell in love with the idea of making a book about transitional periods in people's lives and, and the way that these transitional periods can appeal to readers and connect with readers who have gone through similar experiences where I was going through this transitional period and I wanted to share it and sort of identify with my readers and, and find this connection. Uh, and then I've done a bunch of books. I did a book called Relish, My Life in the Kitchen, which is about being raised by my mother, who's a professional chef, and, and sort of the experiences I had growing up as this kid in the kitchen. And um, and then this other one about taking care of my 90, non-agenarian uh, grandparents, 97 and 96 at the time, uh, on in the midst of a 
a cruise vacation, which was a oh whole ordeal. And, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that, that was quite an experience, and and also like very informative about my future decisions about marriage because they they're still together. They've been married for something like seventy years. It's insane. Oh. Um, so that was, that was something to really experience. And, uh, and so, yeah. And so then I was at this point where I was in a transitional period and I wanted to talk about this wedding and I went in to talk with my editor and she had gotten married a few years earlier and we were talking about how crazy this was. She was like, you know, how's it going since you got engaged? And I was like, well, you know, my whole internet experience has changed and my relationship with my family has changed and there's all these things that I wasn't expecting at all. I just thought, you know, that we would go seamlessly into engagement and it would just be like being in a relationship. But it, it wasn't. A lot was different. So um, so we started talking about that and kind of comparing stories. And she had a lot of the same experiences or similar experience to what I was going through when she had gotten married, you know, where she'd had to be like, I don't care about wedding photographers I don't like having my picture taken but everybody was like you have to have weddings photos you have to have wedding photos and so we were sharing these stories about these strong feelings that people have about your wedding and uh and sort of the idea of the book came about from from those conversations that's such a great great way to sum it up the feelings that other people have about your wedding I mean that should be right (laughs) I'm like the poster child for going shut up (laughs) I don't want to hear what you have to say. But I think so many people get so stressed about all the opinions and the white noise and the obligation and all the extra annoying words that we can surround that sort of theme. It's 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 great that you connected with your editor on that level because that's how the book, I'm sure that's how she went, please go away and make this book. Right, yeah. And I, I think that that's what uh, has really appealed to a lot of readers so far is this idea of, you know, this this is supposed to be your party. <laughs> like yeah. this is for you, not for your entire family and friends. It's very sweet that we sort of go through a lot of, we go on the journey with you uh, in the book and we get to meet a lot of your family and friends and we have DIY. I love that you include some DIY projects, which you got really involved in, in the wedding planning. Do you have, I'm always saying to people, don't overcommit, you'll go insane. Did you get to that point? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that that's really good advice. Like don't overcommit. I um, don't overcommit in your in your marriage, whatever. Um, but don't overcommit while committing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I think that was a way of fighting against this idea of of being reduced to this concept of a bride. Like, I I was really irritated when people were sort of like, "Oh, this is your special day," and like, "Where? Who's? What's the dress?" kind of thing. And I was like, "I don't care about that stuff at all. I'm an artist. I'm a creator. I want." to feel like myself in this situation and not feel like a, an alien from outer space. <laughs> so um, for me, it's kind of taking control of that aspect of it manifested in doing all of these insane DIY projects. But, you know, I was also like being paid to write a book about this so I could justify spending hours on these uh, ridiculous DIY projects at the time. Had I had uh, a lot of other work going on at the time, I think that I would have gone completely off the deep end and not been able to handle any of it. But, uh, but I was able to really say, okay, I want, 
I want everything about this to uh, to speak to John and my personality and, and to who we are as people and to who I am as a creator and not just like generic wedding, bride and groom kind of thing. So one thing I think a lot of people don't do when they get married is just build their own uh, place of service. <laughs> <laughs> that was extreme. Yes. And that was predominantly my mother's doing my mother is a caterer she's been a caterer her entire life so she's catered many 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 occasions weddings uh in particular and she uh she has a lot of thoughts about entertaining she throws these huge <laughs> lavish parties and she you know she's always done this thing so uh she's an entertainer and when it came time to think about who could host the wedding at, uh it was obvious that she would be a great a great person for this. She has a beautiful yard and it would be great. It would be free. Um, but then we realized, yeah. Mm. But then we realized that there wasn't really uh, any place to put a tent in her backyard. Cause it's all very hilly and mountainous back there. And so uh, my mother struck upon the idea of building a building for this because she wanted to build a building already to uh, house her new woodworking venture. She, she's learning how to be a woodworker and she wanted a place where she could put all of her big saws and woodworking pieces and furniture and stuff like that. Um, I love your and, mother, by the way. Yeah. Uh, my mother is amazing and great and totally out of her mind. And I, I, I adore her, but she, uh, she thought this was a great idea and that within a year we would just build a building and then have the wedding in it. And that would be totally doable. And it, it, it happened. I don't, I mean, I would say that it was totally insane and a mistake other than the fact that it happened and it was great. <laughs> I, I think when I was reading it, I'm like, where the hell is this going to go? Are they going to get, it was actually left me a little bit nervous for a bit of the book going, I don't know if that's going to get done. And I just love mum's enthusiasm to go, of course it'll get done. I'm going to build a building. It's yep. going to get done. That's how I hear your mum yeah. in my mind. She's clearly got the wrong accent, but I just love her steadfast, <laughs> you know, and you just go with it. You're a very patient daughter. And I love your belief in going, that building is going to get built. And it was quite handy sure. in the end because you needed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely needed an indoor space at that point. You are uh, the plan B. Well, look, the heavens opened, didn't it? So, I mean, I mean, which happens. This is just, you got 50, 50 chance of this happening or not happening. Exactly. And all these people kept telling me like, oh, it never rains at this time of year at this part of the world. It never rains. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And my instinct was to be like, I should plan for rain. And I didn't listen to that <laughs> part of my instinct and I should have. So when people ask me like, what's the, what's the best uh, like wedding advice, wedding planning advice you can give? I'm like, well, plan for rain, plan for rain, hope for sun, but plan for rain. And, uh, and hopefully everything will work out. And just get your mom to build you a barn. Basically. Yeah, just get, get your mother <laughs> build you an entire structure to have your wedding in. <laughs> well, it looked gorgeous. I mean, the photos that photos and your obviously your uh, your art that show what the day was like are truly beautiful. And I think it's nice that you can go back to the barn, even though it's full of your amazing mother's woodworking gear that my dad would lose his <laughs> shit over seeing that, and my husband would lose his shit over. Actually, um, it must be really nice to be able to go back and go, oh, we got hitched here. It is really nice. And it's, it's cool that it serves a function now. Like, I'm, I'm really glad that she didn't just build this building for the wedding. You know, she uses it, she builds things there. And I feel really good that she has this amazing workshop that she can utilize now that's not just sort of like a monument to the day that I got married kind of thing. <laughs> 
I mean, that would have been really appropriate as well, but it's good. Yes, join your <laughs> mum. I've really so much enjoyed speaking with you, but also, yeah, absorbing all of your amazing illustrations and your story. I think this is oh, such a... Oh, look, I, I can't... And I don't bullshit, Lucy. I don't, I'm not promoting stuff <laughs> that I don't like. So, you know, said eloquently, as usual, I think what you do is amazing. And I hope all of my bride chillers run out and buy a copy of your book. And for a very, very lucky bride chiller out there, you get a chance to win a copy of Lucy's book and, and absorb and enjoy as much as I did. Lucy, I like to give my listeners a challenge. We usually do an Instagram giveaway and we like to pose a question for them to answer. Is there anything, I'm putting you completely on the spot now, is there anything <laughs> off the top of your mind that you would like to ask or ask you know, them to answer? I want to know what the best theme wedding they've ever attended has Ooh, been. Ooh, that's good. Uh, I'm very fascinated with theme weddings. I almost had one myself. I just think they're so great. It's such a, like, buck the system kind of situation. What was the best one you attended? Um, I didn't get to attend this one, but a friend of mine was in a Lord of the Rings wedding. Oh, my God. Uh, and that I was, like, really jealous that he was in this Lord of the Rings wedding. I, I just think that would be so hilarious. And then I was invited to but didn't get to make it to um, a medieval-themed wedding. That was in a castle, and the groom wore like chainmail. <laughs> what? And uh, I know I saw the pictures later, and I was kicking myself for not just going there and going to this wedding. Oh, I mean, I I always I always throw it out to my listeners that I'm obsessed with someone having a Seinfeld themed wedding, and no one's done it yet. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! I know. <laughs> if you, I would I would pay to go to a Seinfeld wedding. Someone did send Seriously? me a lovely um. My lovely listener, one of my listeners, Cliff, he sent me a picture of a Seinfeld groom's cake, which I always think oh. groom's cake are a bit, in my mind, a bit weird. Australians don't have groom's cake, but it's just another cake. So, right. I, I mean, I'm always embracing extra cake. But it had, it was like a white iced cake and it had, uh, it had uh, junior mints, like the iced junior mints in it and a pretzel for these pretzels are making it thirsty. And it was <laughs> so clever. I'm like, why stop there? Just do the whole wedding Seinfeld themed. You could have a puffy shirt wearing groom, the Elaine hair for the bride. I mean, Kramer suit. I mean, I'm just designing this shit right now. It's amazing. It's perfect. You should start a company (laughs) that only only offers Seinfeld weddings. (laughs) And maybe a couple of curb. If you want to go a bit edgy, we could do some curb your enthusiasm stuff. It gets a little, we're getting, it's getting murky. Well, I'd go for that as well. It's maybe it's all Alicia's favorite TV shows. Yeah, it's well, that's not a good, well worded uh, business name, but hey, we're working on it. Uh, Lucy, <laughs> Lucy, thank you so much for uh, sharing this time. I loved every second of speaking with you. And, and again, I really love your book. And if you would like to enter the comp, uh, all you need to do is visit Instagram.com slash Alicia McCormack, is my account. And you need to tag, you need to like both of our accounts. What's your account, Lucy? Mine is just Lucy Nisley. Uh, my last name has a silent K in it at the beginning, like knife or knickerbocker. <laughs> I think you've said that a few times. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I've got the whole spiel all prepared. Thank you so much for your time today and uh, good luck. Thank with you. It's that. my pleasure, Alicia. And, oh, well, and good luck with that little baby. <laughs> Happy days, my lovely people. <laughs> 